Hello there, this is the Psychology Report, and it's good to have you with me again today. You know, there's a lot of things in life that we weigh on a scale of quantity and quality, such as sleep, which I have discussed just recently. It's better to have quality sleep than quantity, that is, the number of hours slept per night. That's not as important, but the quality of your sleep is very, very important. But you know, we have the same situation in friendships. It isn't so much the matter of having many friends, but having quality friends. That's what really is the issue. You know, research has shown this, that people who go through surgeries and accidents and illnesses and a variety of health and mental health kind of problems recover much quicker and much better with less complications if they are supported by friends. That is, if you have a friend that's in the hospital because of a surgery or some other incident that might have occurred, get down there and be their friend. That person will benefit, and you will be a healing source in that person's life, particularly when it comes to uh, long-term recovery. Long-term recovery can be shortened considerably by having friends around during the recovery process. And, of course, you have to look at it the other way, too. There will be no friends that will come to you if you have surgery or are ill if you don't have friends to start with. So this whole idea of friendship is very, very important that we develop friendships, have them in our life, and then obviously when life goes sour and life goes sideways, those are the people that come into our life and are supportive and giving us care and giving us support and giving all the needs that we have to recover as quickly as we can with less complications as possible. That has led to the general conclusion and the general feeling that friends make good medicine. You know, friends are part of the medicine chest of an individual. Friends are part of the medical tool chest of an individual and of yours. If should you be the one that is ill or has an accident or has some kind of a uh, time of impairment, you know, for whatever reason. You know, there's no recipe that makes friendships. You know, there's no magic way that, you know, two people become friends, three people become friends. But there are some factors that might be important to consider in the development of friendship and, of course, what, in, what friendship really is and what it can be you know, to an individual. But we want to, first of all, establish the fact that you can have a friend and you need to work to bring friends into your life because you need them and you will need them. But at the same time, let yourself be a friend so that you will have uh, opportunity to be part of a healing process and being part of a healing team when somebody else needs your help, when a friend of yours needs your help. You know, that concept led Abraham Lincoln to a very stunning realization in making the statement, for a man to have friends, he must show himself friendly. So it's the idea that you take the initiative, and you initiate friendliness, you initiate contact, you initiate the relationship uh, starting up, and then people will respond to you, and then it becomes mutual. But don't wait around for people to become your friends. You express yourself. You go reach out. You become part of the life of somebody else. And then 
out of that friendship often emerges and the other thing about that is that people often become friends during a time of crisis during a time of trauma during a time of real difficulty in their life when you show up and you're part of the solution you're part of the support system and you're part of the whole world of of encouragement and people kind of bond with you a little bit at that point in time and then thereafter develop that friendship so often friendships start at a time of crisis and need so obviously it works both ways when we're in need we want friends but to have a friend when we do have a need we got to work on those friendships now and develop them here's a couple pointers you know friends are few you know if you have an expectation of many friends you're you're wrong out of the 75 people that most people know that is just just to know 75 people only about 12 10 to 12 of them are considered friends and out of that 12 usually it's about three people who are considered to be fairly close friends and out of that usually there's only one person who is considered to be an intimate and long-lasting and deep friend so it kind of comes down the scale from many people to one but don't get the idea that you have very little value if you don't have a multitude of friends you may know a multitude of people and people know you but remember friendship boils down to just a very basic few people and it's the depth of the relationship which is important it's the quality of those relationships are important when you know 75 people those aren't quality relationships those aren't quality friendships those are acquaintances those are people you, you talk to in general and light and easy and you certainly uh, recognize them in various places where you go whether it be church shopping or you know whatever but it's the ones that get down into the three people in your life the one person in your life that's where the intimacy takes place and that's where truth takes place and that's where healing takes place okay okay number two is this a friend is prepared to sacrifice for you but play it both ways a friend sacrifices for you and you sacrifice for a friend it is going it is both ways that we have to look at it the willingness to serve and the willingness to be served or to allow somebody to serve you when you have a need to let people come into your life let people do things for you let people make meals let people clean your house let people just hang out and read to you or sing to you or talk to you or just be there and be in a support person let it happen don't be embarrassed let people who are friendly with you become part of your healing process and become part of your rebuilding process and through that you'll be a closer friend both ways but you also be that friend to somebody else when somebody else needs it you get there you be there you be on the spot and you do the cleaning you do the cooking or whatever to provide for that person so the needs are met that's really what it is so that needs are met both ways okay number three is that a friend is one who takes time to know you well you see I have a friend that made this statement and I've always remembered it he said it takes a long time to build an old friend you know and how true that is and uh, and it's the old friend that we always come back to that we rely on in time of need in times of difficulty and uncertainty and fear that person that we know and we've known well we've known well over a long period of time that we can count on we can rely on because there's a dependency there's a uh, uh, viability there there's a there's a confidence there that exists between the two people see an old friend doesn't become 
part of your friendship circle unless you are the old friend of somebody else. It's mutual. It takes a long time to build an old friend, said Art, my friend Art. And I think that is really the essence of truth when it comes to friendship. It, it's something you work at. It's something you allow to take place. It's something you foster. It's something you work at. It's something you stick with. It's something you continue to do. You persist, and you let it just develop over time. And But you give time to each other. You give service to each other. You give support to each other. You give encouragement to each other. You give a sense of faith and confidence you know, to and with each other. That's what its friendship is all about. It's somebody that you can be transparent with. Somebody you can be open with. Somebody you can be relaxed around. Somebody you can be unpretentious. And they can be unpretentious. They can relax. And they can be open. It's mutual, you see. So that there's this sense of sharing ideas and not being worried about being criticized and not being uh, subjected to some kind of test or uh, distrust or whatever it might be. Uh, the friendships that develop over time are relaxed friendships, are transparent friendships, are mutual friendships, you say. Otherwise, they're short-lived and they're just very surface. You know, number four is a friend is one who shows caring and concern for at all times, at all times. But it's unconditional. But it's unconditional. You know, it isn't a matter that I'll be a friend if you can do this for me or you can do that for me. If, you know, you can have dinner with me every week or once a month or you can have lunch with me once a month or once a week, then I'll be your friend. No, that's not the case. Friendship is one who has concerns at all times, but it's unconditional. We'll get together when we can, when it's mutual, when it works for both of us, you see. But it's the time that, you know, friendships continue. Friendships deepen when there's unconditional caring and unconditional demands you know, on each other. You put aside those conditions. You put aside those expectations. You put aside those uh, expe the expectation that somebody has to be a certain kind of a person and to behave in a certain kind of way, to have a certain kind of attitude and a certain kind of value system and you know, so on. Or be a certain color, if you will. Be a certain race. Maybe that's even the case. Put those aside. Those are the unconditional factors, you see. And you just start developing that relationship because you can trust, you can talk, you can open up, you can be transparent, you can be, you have that sense of being safe and feeling safe when you're together. And you can talk and not be criticized, not be subjected to uh, rumors thereafter or somebody going around and talking about you, you know, thereafter and telling what you shared with them. There's trust, there's honesty. It's deep, it's deep. And, you know, fifthly, a friend is a person who remains available and is accessible at all times, especially at a time of need. You see, when you are a friend to somebody and you say, well, I can't get together with you until a week from Tuesday or it's going to be a three weeks before I can get together with you, well, what you're doing there is putting some conditions on. And, you know, you might get together, but that's not the time of need. That's not the time when somebody really needs to be together. So it's that ability to sense when a person needs you and when you need somebody in your life and then to ask and to become part of another person's life and let them become part of your life at those times when there is a need. And it may not be a financial need. It might not be a, a dietary need. It might not be a health need. 
It may just be a social or a friendship need, just that sense of being with somebody to break the monotony or to be that voice of encouragement or a sounding board or somebody who can just listen to you and and let and give you a little feedback uncritically and give you some sense of assurance that what you're thinking about or what you're planning to do or what you want to do or what you're thinking about has value and has sense and might even give you some ideas and some suggestions as to how to do things better. The friendship is really a time issue. When you need somebody and that person is there, friendships will strengthen. But if you need something in your life and that friendship is not there, can't be there, won't be there, and won't schedule it for another three weeks or four weeks, like a doctor's appointment almost, then those friendships don't develop. It's the spontaneity. It's the availability. It's the uh, openness. It's the uh, need of each other to meet each other's need, to be a sensitive, be aware that there's a timing factor, that I, when, when there's a need, it's today. When there's a need, it's tomorrow. But it's not next week, you see. It's not next month. It's now. That's when the time of need is. And often it might even be a matter of hours, you know, that somebody needs you to be in their life and to sit down and talk and, and just uh, give them a little bit of advice and a little encouragement and then move on your way. It might be the person that you meet after work, you know, for about a half hour and just kind of uh, encourage each other. Or it might be the person you schedule and say, okay, I can't do it today, but I can do it tomorrow. I'll, let's we this weekend. Let's take two or three hours and let's just sit down together and think this thing through. And then when you do that, you see you're available. There may be a little bit of conditions of time, but certainly you're available so that that time doesn't get away and uh, doesn't go on and on and on and on for a long period of time. So in other words, examine yourself. Are you a quality friend? Examine your circle of friendships. Do you have quality friends in your life? Do you have people who have you have allowed to come into your life into that inner circle, those two, three, or four people, that one person who is really your true friend and your quality friend? Do you have that? Are you working on it? Are you developing it? Is it in the process, you say? Make sure that you're doing your part to be open and to invite people and to allow people to come into your life and be available to people coming into your life. And then you do the same thing. You respond with empathy. You respond with spontaneity. You respond with equalness and mutuality so that you become part of their life, become part of their need system. You become part of their support system. You become part of their uh, build-up and, and uh, confidence system. Then it's mutual. And then... A lot of things will happen. A lot of good things happen. You know, people who have quality friends live longer. People who have quality friends are happier, generally speaking, most of the time. People who have quality friends and real deep friends have better health. You know, people who have those kind of deeper quality friendships are those that are more productive, or more creative, you say, in their day and in their work systems. So really... You know, friendships are very important. Friendships you cannot overlook. If you don't have friends, the absence of friends, just flip the thing around, the absence of friends contributes to depression. The absence of friends contributes to anxiety. You know, to, who wants to be a sick and have trauma or have things bad happen when there's no friends to support you? Of course that's an anxiety factor there. The absence of friends just give you a kind of a, 
a blah kind of a of existence. There, there's there's no joy and there's no satisfaction and there's no happiness that really prevails in your life. You know, in the absence of friends. But certainly, the absence of friends make you very vulnerable should you get sick. Make you very vulnerable should you have an accident. Make you very vulnerable should you have some kind of a health problem that goes on and on, and you have no friend to really support you. Now, we think of friends as usually people coming from our family. Their family can be friends. But you know, a lot of times, family are not friends. Family are not friendly. So your friends come from outside the family. They usually come from a circle just outside the family, like cousins or aunts and uncles or uh, family, extended family members of your family or neighbors or people that you go to church with, people you see frequently, people you work with, you know, people that you're around often. And people that you um, see at the club or see at your organization or, you know, whatever, wherever you go. See, those are where you generate friendships. That's the fishing pool of friends. And that's where you make your friends. And you want to have friends that will be similar to you and have quality like you have. Because they're going to be chosen from environments that you frequent. And people who frequent the same environments, whether it's a church or whether it's a club or the type of work, generally have a lot of things in common and generally have a lot of similarities. So there's more of a natural tendency to have a friend. But get them where you can and trust them. Work on the level of trust so that it develops over time. And obviously, there are times when friends disappoint you. Friends break the trust. You know, friends don't follow through. Friends change. I mean, those are hard times. Those are sad times. But those things happen. You get prepared for those as well. But don't just expect those things to happen. Expect that a friendship will develop and flourish and thrive. But it could go sour. So be prepared. Hey, good to talk to you today. And I appreciate you uh, being with us again. You know, our podcast is growing in size. We're well up into uh, almost 3,500 listeners now. So um, you're welcome to pick up a broadcast regularly and uh, tell others, you know, to tune in. The psychologyreport.buzzsprouts.com, as you know. Now, let me just tell you this about uh, Wellspring Foundation for Education. Headquarters is in Vancouver. But the Wellspring Foundation has developed a Christian educational school in Rwanda to help that Rwanda country heal after its genocide. And they have a school that's full now of Rwandan children, about 300, 350 of them, served by Rwandan teachers and are doing very well and they're highly competitive to world-class education. But the Wellspring Foundation is doing something else. By, by the government permission, they're going off into the back country, into the bush country, into the uh, rural area of Rwanda, and are working with 1,700 teachers and something like 100,000 students in consulting with those teachers, giving them education, giving them guidance, and giving them uh, skills to be a better teacher and discipline in the classroom and maintain management in the classroom and helping these students be ready for their education, be more receptive education and learn and to pick up some of the areas that they have difficulty in and develop a quality education throughout the Rwandan educational system. 
but it's all based on Christian values. It's all based on bringing together an educational system and a Christian value system and um, having great success. I've had the privilege of uh, visiting both the Wellspring Foundation School in Rwanda and going with them out into the bush country of Rwanda and going into those schools and talking to the children and the teachers and the parents and just getting being part of that rural educational system. It's an amazing story about what Wellspring is doing to bring quality education to that part of the world that really was down to about zero at the time of the genocide several years back. So, I encourage you to go to their website, the Wellspring Foundation for Education. The Wellspring Foundation for Education.org. Okay? You know what I want you to do? Go to, the Wells, go to the website, look it up, and then send them some bucks. Okay? What, big or small. The bigger the better. But send them some money. They well used it. And it will be used in Rwanda. I tell you that. And it will be well used. So I'll give you that testimony because I've been there. What's the word? Been there, done that. Okay, nice to have you with me. Thanks and goodbye for now.